Hi guys and welcome back to Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection Episode 7 Where is this year going? I feel like I just decided to launch this and it was Christmas 2017 Sitting around, having my turkey dinner, feeling buzzing about the podcast And it's actually happening right now And it really hit home this week actually I've had loads of messages about last week's podcast And how much people are enjoying it People want to come on the podcast It's amazing I'm so chuffed Please keep rating us guys Please keep the feedback coming It really helps This week's podcast has blown me away It's It brings me back to why I set up Mummy Jojo And that was initially It was fear of what was going on. It was fear of not understanding mental health and other people's minds and how they work. It was fear that someone so high on life could be so dragged down by such a monster of an illness that is depression. And today we talk very openly about depression and suicide and terrifying topics. But Susie from Forever A Mum is just so inspirational. She talks so eloquently. She's so inspirational and she will remind you to pipe down on those voices I often talk of, judging others and not understanding. She gives so much great advice. We talk about a lot of stuff today and I know it's gonna help so many. So thank you for being here. Please share it with someone. You feel may need to hear these words. Sadly, too many of us, but we're doing what we can. And to remind people that there is hope as well. 70% of people recover from mental health issues such as depression. So welcome. Here she is. Thank you so much for coming all the way through. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting to be here. Oh, well, it's great to have you here. And um, I'm just so blown away by all the work that you and Gary do. It's, it's amazing. Instagram's a real community now, isn't it? It really is. It's really funny. So I have dabbled with Instagram. I don't know. I just one of those things you know, like I had, like you had people. Like you all had people. Like you just, like you just had these things. I didn't really do anything with it. And then um, I don't know. It was probably about last summer that I kind of just actually started finding out what Instagram actually meant and what yeah. you could do with it and who you could meet through it and yeah. since then I've met so many awesome people and people I've actually like genuine you know like genuine friends with now not just like Instagram pals or there are people that I just speak to every day that I'll probably never meet in face to face in real person in yeah. real life because they live wherever in the UK or abroad but yeah. um, there's quite a lot of us around this kind of Fife Edinburgh way which is quite cool it's really cool it's really yeah. cool um, but yeah, like you said, it's such a community. And where do you think people have found you guys? Is it hashtags? Is it word of mouth? Is it, I mean, because your stories are great and they're so real and your posts are amazing. Where do you think it's all come from? I have no idea. Yeah. I, I I don't always understand how hashtags work even still. Do you know yeah, how yeah, yeah, I'm I mean, a hashtag wanker. I'm like, yeah, what totally, hashtags will you totally, to say? I'm a total Insta wanker. <laughs> um, and there are all these silly art algorithms and oh. that you can't reuse the same hashtags and certain hashtags. Well, I'm screwed then. Worse and <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think a lot of it has been word of mouth. We've been lucky that we've got, so, like we said, some good friends who also have um, great Instagrams that have shared us. Uh-huh. And that has definitely helped, I think, to kind of build, yeah. build awareness and build awareness of us and then awareness of what we've kind of been doing. Yeah. Because you're like this kind of couple of mental health ambassadors and we were talking earlier and your mental health, Touchwood has been great. Obviously, yeah. you've had a lot of stress on what we're about to talk about. But, you know, you're one of those people, you know, you're, you're quite mentally, you're not vulnerable. You, you no, seem to... I, I count myself as being very lucky. Um, you know, I had a good childhood. I had good education. My parents are happily married and have been for 40 odd years. You know, I've had a very stable upbringing and... Um, I've been fortunate enough to get houses and jobs and you know fairly fairly settled and everything I've kind of done and got the job I wanted and the career I kind of was wanting to do mm-hmm. um, so I've never really had major stresses uh-huh. to, have, to have had to affect and things like that before had the children but I'm, all, I'm quite a laid back person 
and right, so that generally helps. so like a, a pregnancy didn't fit I love being pregnant oh amazing absolutely love being pregnant I, I had to have a bump forever oh I love to um, get my tummy out because it was the one time I felt really confident yeah I was like it's, it's a like baby. it's a baby <laughs> look at it you're growing yeah totally so um, sexy I found I felt really sexy I, I did you know? too I really really enjoyed being pregnant um you just got that I don't know and I, and I didn't suffer with morning sickness and, do you know so things like that like again like, I think I had a good brain so I was lucky um, I did have um, pre-clamps there with my first so that didn't last away I was massive oh my goodness Ma- like so swollen I didn't really realise it until I looked back and told us because I felt totally fine I didn't feel ill in the slightest yeah. until I went to labour and my body tried to shut down which was good but um, and then second baby had a water birth so it's like Totally different, but yeah, I've been um, uh, lucky that I've not really had stresses. Yeah, I think that have been triggers. Not that you necessarily always have a trigger, but I think that's the most common way that men to have go with that you've had, you know, yeah. and that kind of sports carries on. It's something to trigger because I've sort of battled on and off with anxiety, which you can see I picked up from my dad. You just say, you know, whatever. But when I was pregnant, I had anxiety that I was going to get postnatal depression yeah. after chatting and hearing the talks. So I had the baby blues, hardcore tears, you know, yeah. crying, but like happy tears or just couldn't stop crying, which was fine. And normal. Totally normal. Yeah. And then after that, when the midwives would come around to the house, I would say, how do I feel? Do, I mean, not how do I, how am I, how do I seem? Do I seem like I've got postnatal? And they're like, you seem totally fine. Yeah. But that was, looking back, it was anxiety. And I said, yeah. oh, because I was remembering the symptoms of the house is too tidy. I said, is the house okay? Like, think I'm doing okay but it was just total anxiety that I was going to get postnatal depression yeah. but I didn't no uh, lucky for me um but what we were saying earlier is with men they really get uh, it's tough because there is more support especially in the parenting journey for the women there is yeah and, and there should be support for women like I'm, I there should be support for women because they go they go through an awful lot you know we um, really do being pregnant and then usually our life fairly quickly after when daddy go back to go back to work is the normal pattern at the moment still um, and then you're kind of left with this baby to keep alive yeah. and it cries at you and it shouts at you and you don't know what you're doing just um, talk to me does, please just start talking yeah. give me and some chat and there are all that stress and then you get stressed that your husband isn't there or yeah. are helping out and yeah. they, they are because they're at work they're, yeah. they are helping doing their own thing um, but Lost my train of thought. I'm trying to wrap Yeah, so for um, for men, yeah, so there's know, not that there's not that support, mm. and so with Gary, so let's talk about about yeah. when it all kicked off. So was it 2015? It would have been, yeah. So Lily was just over, just about um, one. So she, yeah, so she was. I'm trying to even think. No, it would have been before. It was two, late 2014. She was born March. So it had been towards the end of that year. I was going back to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and. He just called me one day on his way from work, just in floods of tears. And I didn't really kind of know why. And kind of eventually got home and was like, I think I've got depression. And I was like, okay, like what? Why? Where's this come from? What, like, why? Not, not why are you telling me this, but why do you think this? And we kind of talked about it a little bit and he'd been feeling like this for ages and it's just wants to cry all the time, oh. felt really low, felt that he wasn't kind of doing his bit as a husband, father, I didn't notice, so he was obviously doing his bit, but just doing it with a fake smile on. Yeah. So, you know, did, did what you would do, got him to the GP, and um, they diagnosed him with having depression. I think they used the term, you've got severe depression, that yeah. was the kind of the terminology that they used there and then. So we started medication and was given, so in five, they were trialling a new form of CBT, cognitive behaviour therapy, that was like an online course, okay. and that is just not something I would do. Right. Like, okay. um, but I to act on saying, he didn't try very hard at it. Mm. it, it took, you're meant to kind of go upstairs and spend an hour kind of going through the workshop and filling out... Um, kind of sheets and homework and things like that and I think it was all just too much too soon do you know like mm. probably needed to just talk it out and process what was going on rather than being told like do this and I'll see you in a few months kind of thing so we didn't really do it but I think medication did help then it took a couple of different dosages and different types of medication to kind of find one that worked because some made him 
really drowsy, some made him really angry, or not angry, but like short-tempered, and um, so eventually we found one that worked, and that was, it was fine, he was kind of on that for a wee while, and eventually just kind of tailed it off himself, Great. and was doing, was doing really well. And then, um, last, I'm trying to think when it was, I did write it all down, but I can't remember, 2000 and, well, it was last year that was really, really bad, but it was about a year before that then, um, yeah, so about, about a year ago, he, um, changed jobs, job, rubbish, work was rubbish, and so he kind of left and was kind of, um, struggling a little bit with that kind of change, and then... Um, so that would have been about February time, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. I was initially okay. I was like, actually, I'm okay with this. Do you know, this is a good change. And then I think it just kind of hit. He couldn't find the job he wanted. He wasn't happy. And that, I think, really kind of hit hard a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things obviously got to the point that he tried to commit suicide. Do you know what I'm And that, that space between the kind of job change and that was only a couple of months. Do you know, that was like, just plummeted. Um, and it, he has the, uh, he was off work while he was kind of job hunting a little bit, or he was, he was working, but kind of taking a bit of time off, holidays I think it was, and uh, he'd had, I couldn't even tell you what day it was, but it must have been a day I was working, so it would have been a Thursday it would have been, because he has the girls on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I kind of got home and he was like, let me talk to you, and kind of not really know what what this is about and I think the girls must have been in bed. The girls were in bed at this point and he's like, I've done something stupid but it's totally fine, everything's totally fine. And he's like, well you can't just leave it there, you need to tell me what the hell. Give me a bit more information. He's like, no, 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 like everything's fine, just, just knows that I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on this and we're like, I'm going to get through this all. And I was like, what, like what's happened? And eventually I had to get out of him but he had tried to commit suicide that morning. Oh my um, Which, not what you expect to hear when you <laughs> when you get home when you get home from work but um do you know and actually after that it just all seems a little bit of a blur like it just didn't seem real like it kind of just was like what, why is this happening like oh, what's what's caused all this to happen how can we get out of it do you know did um, you just kind of grab him I think you said yeah, you grabbed him you hugged him yeah I think we just cried together yeah, yeah. because I think you would just be so shocked yeah. that it'd come to that because you probably had no idea, you know, he was recovering, he was off the medication, things yeah. were going okay, yeah. but you maybe seemed a bit stressed, yeah. but you probably thought, holy crap, yeah. like, this is serious. Yeah. And how lucky, because you think, obviously, sadly, this happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the current stat is, I think I read it last week, and it was... Oh, I did read it this night, it's, it's very high, it's like one in five or something like that, men struggle with mental health. I don't know what stats are for depression, I'm just guy, but he can use more and stuff more, but yes. It's pretty high, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and I think you know that way when you hug someone and you kind of do that, like then oh more just comes out. Oh so I think days. it was just a hot. It was really for both of us. It was quite a draining evening, mm-hmm. but then it was like, well, what now? What do you know? Like what now? This this is as low as it can get. As it can get, and you know, it could have been worse. Of course. So what would I? So he tried to hang himself. Oh and what he hung himself from snapped. He threw him over here and he kind of was like, I'll never do that again. Oh, like that was a, a turning point of like, that will, that will never get to that, that point again. Or if it does, like, I just, that's not an option. Like yeah. he, he knew that that was not an option anymore. So, you know, not that it was a good sign to happen, but in a way it kind of, he had to hit rock bottom to, to realise that there needed to be a different way to climb back out. And what made him realise he would never do it again in his head? Was it, had it just been an overwhelming sense of what the hell? Yeah, I think, so he, he kind of said that he didn't, um, he didn't, so I think he did kind of pass out, but he didn't, um, he didn't come out with a relief of, thank God that didn't happen. Okay. It was more of a, I can't even do this right. Okay. He was still frustrated at himself that yeah. I hadn't gone right. Uh-huh. But that whole day he said that he just had all these amazing memories. He'd been oh. doing lots of like, look at photos of the girls and us and holidays. Oh. And all that when he woke up, those memories were in his head. Oh my days. So he was happy. Right, okay. Do you know those are things he wanted to fight for? Yeah. Oh. And for you, who, 
you know, you had no idea it was that intense. I mean, how do you bounce back from that with trust that you can leave the house again? You don't. It was, it was, well, it was really hard. So he took some time off work, obviously, for that. And, um, I was still working kind of two days a week and he's, he used to so on a Wednesday kind of looks after the girls he has a day off on a Wednesday has them and he used to on Tuesday nights he would be like in full dread of having to have the girls all day himself in case he was having a rubbish day uh-huh. and didn't want them to, he, he just has this thing he does not want to see them see him mm-hmm. doesn't want them to see him in that in that way yeah. um, but so he said dread Wednesdays but he would get through it and it would be totally fine and then his, so his hardest days were, were Tuesdays he would say where there was no one in the house, so the kids were nursing and I was at work. Yeah. So Tuesdays were like always his really tough days. And then that led into the dread of Wednesdays with the girls, do you know? So like mm-hmm. Tuesdays were always he used to always try and be really busy. I used to always plan things from Tuesdays. Yeah, um but yeah, you know, he would if we went out to the shops and was longer than I would be, I'd be like oh, messages phoning, where are you? Like I was a little bit paranoid for a while. And yeah. I think rightly so. Um you know, or if he went like out for a dog walk with a dog. Yeah. Like, oh my God. And you were saying something about the dog almost rescuing him in a way because it was encouraging him to get outside. Yes, so that was the first time, the, the first kind of about, he was off work, he was sent off work when he first um, got diagnosed. And the guy's way of coping things was spending money at the time. Yeah. A little bit. Nothing, nothing like lavish, nothing you couldn't afford. Yeah. But um, one of those things was our dog. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about a dog for a while and there's never a right time to have a dog is there? Yeah. you just can't uh, you never really know what the right time is but if you want one you'll make it work and he's always wanted a dog we had cats um, we wanted a dog so he, he used to send me while I was at work and I think I was working full time at the time still so I was uh, I used to get photos sent to me on my lunch break of these puppies that were available and Aww. obviously obviously you want a puppy don't you they're yeah, all cute yeah, they're um, so he planned us to visit this puppy that was like on Gumtree. <laughs> um, this rescue puppy that needed rescued by us. And yeah, I was came home with us that day. Because um, I'm a sucker and couldn't say no. But it was fine, and actually it did. So she definitely made him get out about and do more. And he had this focus where she was like, she was his. She's definitely his dog because he did tell the training and he was off with her. Um, but he kind of with his depression his brain separated us a little bit in that the girls had me mm-hmm. but Luna had nobody but okay. him right. so if he wasn't there nobody would look after her right even yeah. though I would yeah. look after her but that, in his mind that was what his mind told him that you need to be here for her well that's kind great of it. Works. and it worked it definitely worked it, and it kind of got him and now even even still like they're you can tell if Gary's kind of down and she just comes and lies next to him. Oh my days. So, I think dogs have this kind oh, of magical they definitely power. have some sort of sixth, seventh, eighth sense. They're pretty cool. Oh man, that makes me want to buy a dog. Should. <laughs> definitely. I mean, obviously, yeah. To, to, some of my depression tips. Buy a dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so man. But that's, that's amazing because you think everyone has the ability to, to focus on something, to, to improve things. I mean, did you see the signs looking back before he was diagnosed with severe depression? Thinking back, were the signs there? No, he's always been, they, you know, he's always been somebody that gets along with people. He always claims he doesn't like people. Right? <laughs> he's not, like, he, that when we were younger, the idea of going to, like, a massive party or a club or something like that makes him really not not feed it just not something he wanted to do he'd much rather have like a couple of quiet periods with friends watching yeah. like tv or a barbecue or something like that um but if you were in these situations he would be like the life is all apart yeah yeah no, you know there's no concern that he was like a kind of wallflower anxious or about going or anything like that um so no it wasn't really something ever thought. and even when he was depressed he was still the same yeah like in, in public uh-huh. he was still that person he would just plaster on the smile and it's like, I, so you don't really know I, I don't think I'm I don't think I didn't miss anything because also that's gone through my head like you know did did I miss anything but you, you can hide it you can, you can hide, hide what you're feeling 
pubs will often say, oh, you're overcompensating. You yeah. know, if, like if I have to go to something and I'm knackered or I'm hungover or, you know, I'm, I'm stressed about something and he'll go, you're totally overcompensating yeah. there. You're just like, and the life and soul. And people are like, oh, wow, she's so positive, she's happy. And, and we all experience mental health, you know, just in, in different degrees. But it's just amazing that you've obviously been his rock mm-hmm. and, you know, you're able to talk openly about it. But for, for the carer, it's hard. Yeah. It's really, really hard. It's it's really hard. It's been... I mean, before all this came with Gary, my, I had had no experience with um, depression, anxiety, or, or mental health conditions. Personally, to nobody I knew had been affected. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's... A, a learning curve because he didn't know what he, he was going through mm-hmm. and I obviously didn't understand what he was going through and how you can't understand you know like that that phrase you don't understand you're right I don't like I'll never understand how because what can go on with dad I used to think why won't you talk to me why is he pushing me away what on earth is going on in his head if I could live in his head just for a day to understand how dark it could have got at times yeah. you know when dad was at his worst in hospital and he'd gone from 12 stone to 6 stone and he just looked so angry or so broken or yeah. so confused and you think oh, what the hell what's going on must be going on in the head and you, you just oh, you feel so um helpless just so helpless mm-hmm. it's you know watching somebody that you've known for a long time change yeah mm-hmm. is is horrible and it's not even that you, you can't do anything. Yeah. You know, when you're supporting somebody with mental health, you you can only be there and listen. Mm-hmm. They need to be the ones that want to get better. Yeah, and that's and if they thing. don't want to get better or get help or and change something, there's nothing you're gonna be able to do to. I mean, you can encourage them to, to change to want to get better mm-hmm. and show them as kind of different options, but if they don't make those steps, those mm-hmm. first steps, there's. There's not an awful lot that you can do, and that's really difficult because you're just sitting watching somebody wasting. Yeah. Basically, do you know, um, when Kenny's mental health was bad, he would just like go upstairs into his room, his room, our room, we do share room, um, and just like lie upstairs for like four hours in the dark. Oh. And you're like, this is not helping. One, I'm frustrated because I'm downstairs looking after family. Mm-hmm. You need on, a break. And you're on your day off, you know, on your days off or whatever. But secondly, that, like, what benefit to you is that doing? Mm-hmm. Lying upstairs and start thinking about all that things. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. You need that to take cannot, yourself out. And totally, you need a break and you need downtime and you need to have your own self-care bubble, but that does not need to last like a half day, a whole day. Do you know that that's just then becomes detrimental? And you need to get away from your thoughts. Yeah. And, and find something that you can get immersed in so that you're not playing the sort of chatterbox of negativity mm-hmm. on whatever mm-hmm. you're feeling. Definitely. Right? And, and so obviously it was Luna, first time around, she became the kind of focus and mm-hmm. lots of people get into exercise or pick up a hobby or um, I think a lot of people can start those kind of small businesses that they do at home because that can kind of become something like, like crafty stuff or things like that that can become a focus that you need to get other things done for other people. You, know, you need yeah. to get that stuff completed. Um, this time around, it was Instagram for Gary, and that is what has completely changed changed him in the last, well, Valentine's Day was when he started his Instagram account, so since then, it's like night and day, within a couple of days. That's amazing. He was in, we were in a horrible place together, arguing, I was so, I don't like using the word stress, because I don't really know what stress, you know, like, you well, know, it sounds like you would be stress. stress, but I think stress is thrown around quite a lot mm-hmm. um, but I was stressed uh, and yeah the situation at home was, was difficult and then within a week it was like he was almost back to completely his old self obviously there's all things going on things aren't <laughs> definitely not mm-hmm. 100% but they're like night and day compared to this time last year wow. yeah and that's purely because he has been able to open up and share because for men they say it's harder for men. Yeah, so he did do he did do um have a psychologist that he kind of went to go and see um every other week. And it just didn't really help too much. Things kept 
um, getting cancelled, appointments cancelled and then um, postponed and then they changed so we actually had to pay everything, did it all privately mm-hmm. which we had savings so that was that, that's fine, that's what they've been used for, mm-hmm. not everyone has that yeah. to be able to do. Um, he was seen by a psychiatrist, a really good psychiatrist, we really liked him a couple of times after his suicide attempt who then got moved to locality, so it wasn't our doctor anymore. Mm. Um, and then there was a, a locum that he, so his future appointment was cancelled because there wasn't a, a psychiatrist covering the practice. So a locum he was seen kind of two months after his appointment, he was meant to be seen, he got seen by a locum, who they said, oh yeah, things like, sounds like they're doing all right. Mm. Um, but it's not got you seen me again, because I'm just a locum, so you'll get an appointment with the proper doctor, and the, you know, the consultant gets reappointed. That actually hasn't happened yet. So since his um, suicide attempt last May, he's seen two doctors. Yeah, which is not ideal. He was meant to be referred to psychology. He's still on the waiting list for that. So that's why we ended up doing private. His GP's been brilliant. I'll definitely say that his GP's been fantastic and it's been available whenever he's seen her regularly, or not regularly, but like um, kind of keeping up to date and things, which is quite frustrating. I don't know if it's just Fife or, uh, I know Fife is, isn't great for it, but I don't think it's the, the worst, so. Um, just was there something that came out of that that they were able to help? Were there specific things he could look back on and say, well, that session helped because of this? Um, he doesn't think so. I definitely think having gone to the psychologist and doing these sessions has allowed him to speak okay. about it. I think without that, he probably wouldn't have been able to do Instagram. Really, so but that gives the confidence. I think it probably did start. Mm-hmm. just just start the flow of chat. You know, mm-hmm. I think he sometimes did group sessions, and sometimes it was just one on one. And we won't really fully know if they had benefit, you know, until t- more time has passed. Mm-hmm. At the time, you would come home and be like, "Oh, that's awful." Right. Okay. Like, oh, you know, he just hates talking mm-hmm. about himself. And it feels quite self indulgent. I work yeah. with quite a lot of um, like life coaches and and people just with the research and book. And um, I remember some of the sessions we've been working through, and I think, oh, you just feel so self indulgent talking for an hour. I think that's what he really struggled with. Um, but has it helped with him being able to actually open up and talk to people, other people about it through Instagram or social media? Then, yeah, maybe. Like, yeah. so it's not, you know, I certainly don't think it's been a waste that we did it. What made him on Valentine's Day hop on and, and be his I soul? don't know. I, I, I mean, I talked to him a while. Um, for ages, like not necessarily Instagram, but like blogging, just just getting things out there. Not necessarily for other people to read, but just he's always been really good with words. He used to like he used to write a lot of songs and poetry and things like that. So right. he's good with words, and I just kind of thought he would always would write good blogs if he had the content, mm-hmm. or you know, and and, and since everything he'd gone through, I kind of thought it would help him more than other people just to get that stuff out. I don't know what made him. It, it was it was a it was a Wednesday, so he was off with the girls. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't. He, I think he was just having a good day and just thought I'm gonna just go for it. Go for it, because I I think he's seen. I mean, he's met some of my friends that I met through Instagram and sees it's kind of genuine and it's not all just uh-huh. smoke and mirrors, which I think sometimes it can it's be. A lot of bull on Instagram, you know, trying um, to look great and everything, a performance, and, and there's some yeah. beautiful pictures on there as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's it's visual, isn't it? It's a visual yeah. platform, but. It's becoming so much more now. It's becoming a mental health hub when the stats are so bad and there's not enough help. You know, Gary, I'll have people, I certainly have people message me, you know, I'm suicidal, I need yeah. help. Yeah. I am, and the pressure, like Scott said to me last year, Joe, you can't do it all. No, that's the same to Gary. Yeah, and, and I know it's easy for us to say that too, but we're not getting all the messages. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's saying he kind of gets the messages that are like, this is how I'm feeling, what do I do? Yeah. But he could put if he can put a blanket post out, that is still helping. He doesn't yeah. have to go and reply to every single No, and I think that's what he struggles with. He feels he has to reply yeah, to everybody. Of course, of course. Um, which is fine. We know when our accounts are sitting at the numbers they are, you, yeah. you can get through the numbers that you're uh-huh. getting. But, it's but still a lot. it's still a lot. And, and if his account is to continue to grow with the rate that it has already grown, he is never going to be able to keep up with there's or we will never get any time together yeah do you know and that's what the difficult thing is what 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 do you focus on but you're right posts would be enough 
or are enough to get to help it, him. To do you know And that's that's the most important thing is helping. He does he does Instagram to help himself. Yeah. The fact that it helps other people is a double, double way. It's, it's crazy. It's just being able to share and help and when you feel because he's he's got his story, he's sort of found his purpose almost. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, he's he's had a crap, crap time. You both have and you're able to rather than struggle to accept, you know, accept what's happened. I always say acceptance like Adele, you know, she had a heart broken into thousands of people pieces and then she writes this amazing piece of music and never mind I'll, I'll find someone like you yeah. I'll wish you the best so he's he's pulled in a dance right okay I've been this low but never mind let's yeah. bash on and, and share and help and what he's doing and what you're doing you probably won't realise because there'll be a lot of people who haven't contacted you but you probably won't realise the impact that you're having you probably never know which is it's incredible. It's incredible. We do not know who we're helping, and it can be easy to focus on the negative messages, um, and, and doubt yourself. If I find out someone's unfollowed me, that, or you know, I, I care. So I'm like, what did I do? What did I say? Yeah, I'm oh, you, you just want to help people, or yeah. oh, I hate to make someone feel bad. Was it? Was it something? And you start playing. No, stop. Put cool. those feelings aside. They think of all yeah. people you're helping. If and they don't want to want to if they don't like it then that's fine yeah, there's like enough content out there everybody that's the thing. yeah exactly go for an account that you do like. yeah yeah <laughs> i actually had someone say to me a couple of years ago she said oh i just you're making it look too easy and you know and some of the things you cook it's too expensive and i thought oh that's horrible and i said i'm so sorry i make you feel that way you know a bag of kale's 50p you know you don't have to spend a lot to cook certain things microwave meals are actually quite expensive but i was like what i suggest is you just stop following me because i'm probably yeah. making i'm probably not right for your mental health at this time you're always welcome back on but just stop following but yeah. at first it was a real oh, oh, oh no i don't want to be seen as this yeah. thing this person that's and, and when you become almost a brand people see you as you're not as much of a person anymore you know you're just this it's your yeah. work it's your job it's your brand or whatever it is and it's hard because i we're all people at the end of the day Absolutely. you know and yeah i sometimes even myself forget with the with the May accounts and you think gosh what is their day-to-day life actually like yeah Do you know like this is what i'm going to do with my small proportion of followers that they've I've got in comparison to some of these accounts just like what do they go through like what kind of what I mean messages they must get every single day and go through and how do they filter do they filter do they just ignore <laughs> when you get to a certain level you'll have more of a team and you'll have people that's doing a lot of that wouldn't you one day yeah <laughs> team for the swipe up and agent, <laughs> yeah doing it all but uh, no I just think it's crazy the opportunities we were even discussing ourselves, you know, the amount of invites we get to things yeah. and um, experiences we get to have. Definitely. And um, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my husband is frugal. I'm more of a spender in our relationship, so he's delighted. Yeah. We were about to get uh, tickets for Paw Patrol and then I had a, an invite from the London team to the VIP event. I said, oh, what's but to buy them happy days right great yeah you yeah. can think of that so it's good that you can uh, you know there's perks to it too but Absolutely. I think at the heart of it for me all these things are nice but if you're able to make a difference in some way to someone then it's worth it yeah I mean yeah I, I, I'm beginning to kind of get like we was kind of chatting about earlier kind of more invites to things and um, review offers and things like that but I kind of wouldn't do anything that didn't actually make sense yeah to me yeah yeah, it's tricky. You know, yeah. It's, it is tricky. And, and again, we're having that chat of the day because we do have kind of things we want to focus on in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. We kind of not need to be careful with what we're doing, but do you know, like we want to put the right image out there that this is what we want to work on. And if yeah. we're kind of taking, it, it's taking hard every, say, everything out, yeah. and don't get wrong, like I am a socialiser. Like yeah. I love to socialise. And so I will go to all these events. Mm-hmm. And quite a lot of my friends are there. Do you yeah, know, it's a nice way just to actually catch up with some yeah. people that I've maybe not seen in a while or whatever. Yeah, no. Um, no, it's, it can be hard to turn some things away. But uh, the way I see it about well-being, though, if it's if you're going out like on the, the sea or you're doing things, yeah. getting out of the house and away from social media... It's all positive. It's all positive because I know if I've not got plans, then I would be, you know, working or Scott would be stressing about the housework... 
he's the house has to be immaculate and I get stressed. You know, we've all got our things. Yeah. When you're in the house, you can just get stressed. Mm. <laughs> but it's, it's a word. It's, it's a word. It's a good word. So it's it's good to take yourself out and go. Oh, let's go on. Yeah, let's go on that trip and, and review it. And oh, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Exactly. Then we're, we're kind of like we're both talking about um that boat trip. Um, I didn't even didn't think I ever really knew it existed. Yeah, you know, so it was fab. Yeah, and it's something that was literally right in my doorstep. Um, so good. Yeah, I'll do it again. Such a good day out, and I, 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 talk about that a lot. I'm just having the time. You know, although we don't always have the privilege privilege of putting the phone away and stuff because we're we're snapping stuff. But even if you can put the phone away for a couple of hours and just really enjoy like time chatting, or I call it like gushy mindfulness. So playing on the sand and just being caught in the moment so you're yes. not really thinking about your to-do list at home yes. or things that have happened in the past that can come up and haunt you again yeah. and yeah. Um, what do they say good mental health is when you're able to live in the present and have more moments like that mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm, I'm all for trying to do even on a Sunday or picking one day a week where I say right I'm coming off social media for a few hours um, I'm going to be present with the family I'm going to enjoy it and just sit and reflect on the moment yeah but it's hard it is especially when your kids do cute things but take photos of them yeah totally I'm a snapper I'm like keep that in Scott's like such a snapper oh totally Scott's like put your camera away put your yeah, camera yeah. away I know but we, we try to do that at night do you know like when the kids like, go to bed and we put a movie on like just turn your phones off yeah it's so tempting to be like you know like something buzzes and oh like, no oh, just check that or just reply oh, oh hang on let me reply just message you like you've missed it's the film and you're like oh, and then no. if Gary does it I get frustrated at him but then I'll do it and he's like Copper, 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 copper. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, so we hard. both do it. So, so we both uh, we both say like, right, sign me out, no phones. Yeah. Bye. Put them away. Movie and actually spend some time together for once. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Scott hates it if we're watching uh, something together and I'm sliding emails or something. You're like, but you're not with me. You're not with me. I'm like, right, okay, throw it away early, but yeah. upstairs. Absolutely. But um, so to round up, top top tips for carers from your experience. What do you say to people that are going so, I think the biggest thing to realise is that you won't ever understand. Mm-hmm. You won't understand what they're going through and trying to understand will be a fruitless task, mm-hmm. basically. But you are there, you have to be there to listen, to support when they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you do have to kind of let a lot of things slide. So I would find that the little things that would normally I would maybe pick up on or nag at Gary at... Mm-hmm. I just let it slide. There was no point because those little nags became big arguments yeah. or the smallest of tasks. You know, like leaving the milk out, leaving the butter out after yeah. making food. Like, just put it, I just put it away myself and just deal with it, you know? Because mm-hmm. if that moan, if I moaned at him about that, then he would then, you always moan at me about things, and that would just become a big thing. Yeah. So, um, pick battles. Yeah. It's important, but don't let everything slide they can't you can't let you can't tin the phrase let them get away with murder but do you know what I mean that they can't just take the piss a little bit I guy used to not intentionally but like he would just leave everything everywhere didn't do any washing or dishes or the clothes if would rummage through the clean laundry that I'd folded and mm. you're just like I can't do everything yeah um when guy was really was really bad he would I was off work he would kind of set himself tasks for the day to try and keep himself busy mm-hmm. but they would be ridiculous tasks and they would be far too much okay. that one person would achieve in one day in good mind frame mm-hmm. um, and so then that he then wouldn't get it done and so then he'd feel bad about not getting yeah. it done mm-hmm. so we used to start doing making lot like small tasks and if he did did more than that winning you know when, it, when things were um, at their worst he wouldn't like shower yeah you know, he would just be inside all day in the dark mm-hmm. in his jammies do you know so like the first task used to be like have a shower and get dressed yeah that was his task for the day uh-huh. and if he achieved and he would get that done brilliant and then it would be do you know that would become a, a routine a standard so mm-hmm. the next things would be like emptying the dishwasher or taking the bins out or something else. Yeah. Chores that needed done that weren't just even they weren't just tasks for the sake of tasks. They were actual routine tasks that maybe I 
had adapted or he would normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like achievable goals. Yeah. Okay. To to set to set things for the day, um, and so they actually feel like you're achieving things again. Yeah. He, he then he then kind of felt like he was helping again rather than just hindering all the time. Yeah. Because it does get to that point when they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm such a hindrance, and that would make it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, you kind of are. Yeah. Because you're not doing your bit. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I don't love you anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just means I understand that things are, are tough for you. But mm-hmm. in his mind, that was, I'm a hindrance, I need to not be here. Yeah, of course. And then there's that point if you keep pushing and pushing and pushing, mm-hmm. then you don't want them to snap. So it's finding, yeah, so it's finding, um, Finding the balance of achievable goals, that was a big thing for us. And finding something that they can focus on yeah. um, to, to kind of help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be a, a hobby or um, kind of like, a, like if it's summer, like a task in the garden or something like that that they can kind of keep working on. Mm-hmm. Um, Gary did have one of these positive planner books okay. that were quite good. They used to kind of write things in because mm-hmm. you would kind of... Um, think I've had a really bad week but actually you would look back and be like oh actually like Tuesday Thursday and Saturday morning were actually pretty good uh, okay. you know that I mean I realised that the whole week wasn't rubbish but it's just right. the bad things are overtaking the good things so a bit like because, a mood journal yeah a bit like a mood journal thing yeah yeah um, it was initially there was initially one set by one of the psychiatrists We'd, we both had to keep a mood journal for him mm-hmm. okay. and then we kind of brought them together and we had to compare them interesting and did that yeah. help you? Writing it down. No, I didn't. It, it, no, I mean it was good for him to see that we both thought the same things. Like right. we were both aware of when things were going up and down. Yeah, so okay, that's I think it made him realise that I was a little bit in tune with what how he was feeling, uh-huh. or that find times that maybe he thought he was hiding things. Yeah. I was still able to kind of pick up on them. Um, but I do, I do think mid journals work, and it's not something he would necessarily have done if he hadn't been asked to do it initially with like homework. But he did get, I did buy him one of these planning things afterwards and it, it did help. From, from that point of view, being able to look back and going, actually, it wasn't like a really bad week. It was yeah. just these days that were really bad uh-huh. seemed to be overshadowing the it good does. days. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like negative feedback versus totally. positive. You, you focus on the negative Absolutely. ones. Absolutely. Um, but then it's good to remember actually the positive ones are there. Do you yeah. know, so that, I think that definitely helped him. Um, and for you, self care. Did you have time for self care? <sighs> no, I found it really difficult. Mm-hmm, okay. um, I would only say in the last kind of few months since he's been more open, have I been able to take a step back. Okay. Which isn't it nice? Maybe I should have. I just, um, I think I was just focusing too much on him and the kids and the house and. Yeah. Trying to make everything else go to keep everything going. Um, Did you get to a point where you think, right, this is too much? My cup is totally yeah, empty now. Yeah, yeah. It was all, it almost spilled over. That was the that that was the in January we were. It, it was, it was getting to that point, and I, I he knew how I felt. You know, like that, I wasn't mind doing that, and then we'd have we'd have loads of the same argument, mm-hmm. being like, you don't know how difficult it's for me, but you don't know how difficult it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> It went back and forward, but then we both agreed to try and kind of build down or in understand that it did work, and then it obviously that eventually led to him opening up on Instagram. So it did me me eventually I think fully being honest with how I was feeling did make him open. But I don't think I could have done that six months ago because if I'd opened up that much, it would have just sent him. Into, into yeah. a negative I'm being a burden yeah and then you're just like no 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 I don't yeah, no, you need fine. to be here yeah. you need to know that we want you here yeah. it's yeah well well hats off to you keep doing what you're doing it's amazing keep being as honest as you can with more of you. that it's like it's not a performance no um, and you know it's it, it's so hard for the care I've seen it with my mum you know I tried to do my bit but my my mum was dad's rock mm-hmm. basically and looking back now you think holy crap just takes a lot of strength yeah i mean it, it does not i i really feel for the people who are struggling there who don't have somebody that they yeah. can support on yeah. because i think the um as much as guy leaned on me he also needed me to vent on and to uh-huh. and to fight on uh-huh. he needed somebody there that he could 
like you do you when you're pregnant and you just mm-hmm. are a total cow to your partner. Oh, oh yes. You but, but you just are. Uh-huh. And they just have to take it. Yeah. It's kind of that way with mental health as well. Yeah. Like I just, when he had his episodes when he was just being in, in those moods, like you just have to take it. But if you don't have that, and it's, it's good for your own self, you have to vent. You can't keep all this stuff in. Yeah. But I think if you didn't have that, you know, that's when it's those people that get lost in the circuit, and those are the people that they are more likely to suffer with suicide and, yeah. and things like that. Do you Because know? um, even after a guy's suicide attempt, it was then he started self harming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know, like it, it didn't go in the traditional order of what you would kind of expect. Yeah. But that for him was a way to control his suicidal thoughts. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Oh my goodness. So it was like, because he couldn't feel, didn't feel just felt numb in general about what was going on mm-hmm. that made him that gave him control because he could control that pain rather than the pain in his head ah right okay but yeah. he could control the pain uh-huh. of his self-harm so that was a really interesting one to me when he kind of told me about it what he'd been doing and I could, I could kind of I could actually understand it like yeah. what, what he was saying to me mm-hmm. not that I wanted him to do it but I I'd rather he was doing that than mm-hmm. trying yeah. something else, and so it was. Um, it was that was sweet. That was that was quite an interesting phase, actually. Phase. I don't mean to say that, but yeah, interesting yeah. kind of chapter of his, um, of his healing. Yeah. That was quite. A, I didn't ever expect that. Yeah. Thing. Probably needs to be more awareness about that too. Yeah. I've been on a talk about self harm, and that's exactly what she was saying. You know. It's, it's almost a form of self-preservation, you know, but it's, uh, oh dear. Well, lots of <laughs> deep, deep topics. Yes. What I like to do, um, and a lot of you will know that tune in is use mu- music as a form of self-care. Yes. So we blast the tunes on, oh. we sing, um, you told me your favourite karaoke song is Valerie. I do like a bit of Valerie. Oh, that's a good song, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I do, I do actually like karaoke, Gary's the karaoke king, oh, he loves it? karaoke, but oh. he does all the kind of old swinger music, that's his thing. Oh really? Yeah, he's got good boys actually. Oh, we'll um, around. We should, he'll, he'll, <laughs> my way, that's his jam, oh. that's what he always goes to. But, I did to just go with what go with the flow. That's generally my ash in life. I just yeah. whatever, just go with it. Um so when I was I thinking, what is my favourite song to sing along to? And this came on the radio and I was like, I love this oh, song. Such a good it this was like my um when I left school, kind of first driving that summer, this was kind of like one of the songs or the Zootons, I think maybe their version of it was out until and then Mark Holmes Nelson did after. Yeah, it's a good yeah. one. It's a great choice. Well, let's uh, let's get on and, and um, rock out. Yeah. Chin.
Grace, Grace, say you're great singer. People are like, I can't really sing. And I'm like, what? You're amazing. You may have lost your mojo, but it's okay, cause I have lost mine too. Have you lost your mojo? It's okay, cause I am here with you. Cause I got issues, you got them too. So let's be honest here, I think we all do. Bask in the glory of all the problems. Cause we need to love more, judge less, so we solve them. I got issues. Sometimes we just need someone to talk to.